0: Hey everybody, it's Eric. Be Kind Rewind, videos a la carte. You name it, we shoot it.
1: Hey guys, this is Joe. When you're walking down the street and you see a little ghost, what you gonna do about ghostbusters? i rewound this tape all over and it's blank.
0: Really? This video don't work. Yours looks like this. (laughs) Look, look, look. All the tapes are blank. It's the TV, Mike. Show me how you... Why is it doing that? Does that happen when you do it? Uh-oh.
1: What is wrong with you? Why is it doing that when you do that?
0: You're magnetized.
1: You erased these tapes. It's you.
0: You gotta find new tapes. I got a better idea. Follow me. When you're walking down the street and you see a little ghost... What? What you gonna do about Ghostbusters? What what? What is that? That's the Ghostbusters theme song. No. I'm pretty sure it is. It's something strange. Stay where you are. I'm on my <laughs> <I> way. <win.
1: laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That wasn't bad. What else y'all got? I will shoot you and I know robot karate. Ah! Oh! These are not just simple remakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh! What's happening to her oh, yeah. Our version is better. Our version is only 20 minutes. They gotta have something. We're celebrities now. People recognize me in the street. Go over the kids. Go now, kids and now. Why do I have to kiss Wilson? You have to keep her from blowing your I'm head off. Amateus. Stop trying to
0: be. People want to see these movies. I have a warrant to destroy all your tapes. It's the FBI warning, it's at the beginning of the tape.
1: But we erased that. It's to We
0: Damn, they're good. They can shoot any style.
1: You name it, we shoot it. Be kind, rewind, videos all the carte. Nothing from nothing, Two movies with heart <laughs> and soul. Charlie Misty. Okay!
0: Okay, this is okay. Not the spot. okay, are you are you dead? Yes. Don't you talk to me like that? Go like the wing, run. Run, Don't know. No. <laughs> You're listening to Worth the Late Fee. The podcast of two former video rental clerks. Watch movies that they may have recommended at one time to see if they still think the film would be worth keeping an extra day or two to watch again, even if it meant paying a late fee. I did not I, I thought Joe's quote, I thought you said you were going to do the quote that I did. I, I had that, that written comment.
1: down, but I knew that was going to be one of the ones that you like. I definitely wanted that to be in this opening. So I was like, the fact that you had that, I was like, that's perfect. All right. So,
0: <laughs> All right. Good to know. So uh, how's it going? What's new?
1: Nothing much, man. I just, uh, we're getting close to that 100th episode, which is kind of exciting.
0: Yeah, but I know. That's a movie
1: that I've seen recently. I saw the, uh, the Northman in theaters, which was excellent um and then i saw yesterday the unbearable weight of massive talent how was that I heard, I
0: heard that was good how oh was they're it? both
1: they're both excellent films they're both box office flops right now because they're not marvel films or star wars films but they're like really it's refreshing fun takes yeah so northman was uh by eggers who'd done like the lighthouse and it's a very artsy film and he usually, he usually does movies with like a24 um but this movie got way bigger budget to work with with teaming up with like focus and regency so it was kind of cool seeing like this high budget arts film because honestly we probably won't get this again for a long time because of the flop that this is becoming unfortunately and then massive weight um the unbearable way of massive talent was just a fun love letter in the cage so
0: i i was talking to my my friend adam last week about um superhero movies because he loves them and i was telling him how i think they've like ruined movies forever or at least for the foreseeable future and he's like you know he started i, I don't know so he starts going like oh you know that the problem is like dc this and marvel that and so i was like but the thing is you don't get because you're into it is to 99 percent of people they don't know what's dc and what's marvel they just go jesus christ another guy in a cape movie like i'm I'm so but they do well but that's, that's the
1: what's... thing it's like i i'm happy keeping theaters alive and like they're keeping that money flow happening but it sinks because movies like the northman or Unbearable um, way mass of talent are just going to be shallow like they're, adult, they're for adults they're right? anything exactly. different right exactly yeah like if big hungry came out in today in theaters boy, would that be like oh. a complete mess like box yeah. office wise like it's a shame because we don't see creativity get rewarded as much anymore it's the same like and then the I don't know if you saw us today, the guy who's behind the Marvel Universe, Kevin Feige, He was on, he's he went on some like I don't know, some vacation to place a bunch of other producers, and they're playing the next 10 years of Marvel Universe. I'm like, oh God, like just reading that makes me sick.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know that that's why I, I, like people I know, like I know you you won't because you're you're into comic book comic books and stuff a little bit, and like Adam definitely won't but people I'm telling people that I know that if you're not really into Batman or Spider-Man don't go see the movie I don't like because I'm not wishing you know I don't want anyone to not do well but it's they're going to keep making them as long as they keep they're the only thing selling out theaters now or or even exactly. even yeah. selling any tickets in theaters
1: Yeah again both these movies that I, that I just talked about are already going they're already they start off with like six showings in the theater but now they're already one showing a day so like that's it like they were here for like a week and they're already kind of phasing out which is a shame
0: yeah it is it's a downer i don't know i mean this movie that we'll talk about it's you wonder if you were at another point where the way we see movies is changing and whatever but i think that the thing that movie theaters have that um that video rental stores don't have is the experience. Like I love the experience of, of video rental stores. And I miss that like crazy, but it just doesn't make financial sense. And so, so maybe that'll, maybe that's what it is. It'll change how theaters are. And, you know, Joe and I near us, we have something called, we have a theater called Chunkies where it's like, you go and you, you, there's, you have like your own dinner table. You can order food, you have a waitress, you can order beers and stuff. And I wonder if that's going to be the future of of theaters eventually is is like a night out more than anything because the people like I don't know people don't want to it's tough to get people to go to theaters especially when movies are coming out on streaming like immediately right. after so
1: and I think you're right like AMC now I don't, I don't know what the, the AMC is but they offer like alcohol now so you can actually take alcohol with you back to your seat and watch a movie which is a wild to think about ten years ago
0: yeah i i have been there since since that changed i but i almost think it's gonna have to turn it to, and i know this would be this wouldn't be ideal for people if they're going to see a movie that they're really excited about but i i wonder if they're gonna have to go full dinner table like you know if that's the next thing it, it's like it, obviously like i said we have chunkies it would be probably a nicer version than yeah. that or or maybe they figure out a way to to make the the wait, waiters and waitresses like less in the way or something, but I don't know. It's well we'll see though. It's I don't think they'll fully go away. I think there'll definitely be there'll be fewer of them. There already are. But yeah. What about you watching anything else or uh,
1: just Celtics, which as of uh this recording have advanced sweeping the nets, which is just a great moment to seeing Kyrie Irving's disappointment and blaming his um management again to, to career t- t-
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> I I I I've, I've like stopped watching basketball enough where I can watch it and I, I if you ask me like what team do I root for I say the Celtics but'm I'm, I'm not a diehard Celtics fan so I just watch it and I and that's why I, I, I liked the playoffs is the Celtics I don't know any of the players really I have no like I didn't grow up rooting for any of them but they're fun to watch play they hustle they don't you know, they're just fun to watch and they're likable players on and off the court. And then Kyrie Irving is the total opposite. He's, he's everything that's wrong. He's the, he's a bad, like stereotype of a professional athlete. Everything, everything that goes wrong is someone else's fault and you know, he just wants things to be given to him, and he's above everyone, and he's a he's a oh, yeah.
1: It's so funny seeing, like, how far Kyrie's come from being, like, LeBron's teammate who, who wants to branch out and get his own ring to really struggling to do that because he just is the cancer to each team he goes on. So it's like...
0: Yeah. Yeah, I texted Joe. I think it was after game... Was it game one I texted him? I was like, text you, and I was like, I love seeing, it. yeah, because it was the bit. It was the at the at the buzzer, yeah, and it like yeah. right, and just seeing Kyrie's face of like, oh man, I'm so, like he's such a tool, yeah, but, yeah. Have
1: you been watching anything? I know you've been watching the price in the Red Sox and
0: Red Sox, yeah, Bruins. Um, and last week was the last episode of Snowfall for the fourth season, and oh my God, I I know I've made the comparison before, and I'm not saying that. Snowfall is the wire, but because it's not the wire, but I think it's similar to the wire in that I think it'll probably get the attention it deserves. Like two or three years, like people, someone will get you to watch it, and then you'll binge, you know, five seasons of it. I, I, I myself didn't jump on board until season three, but the end of this season, season four, was one of the better finales, season finales that I can remember, and I've it's been a long time since I've seen a season finale and been so amped up for the next season. Like I can't wait.
1: What are they? Are they, um, 10 episode seasons or 13 episode seasons? 10. Yeah. Ten, Okay.
0: Yeah. So, and then speaking of the wire, uh, HBO released like a mini series from the creators of the wire called we own this city. It premiered on HBO a few days ago. I mean, by the time you guys listen to this, it'll be like two or three episodes. And I think it's, I think it's a six episode mini series. If I'm correct uh and i so far i like it it's it's you can it has a lot of the same cast members from the wire and you can and it has the same feel as the wire like just very the city feel it feels very real it doesn't feel like they shut down a whole block they shut down like five blocks of the city and cordoned it off to film something it feels you feel like you're in where you are where they want you to be
1: i love the grief feel of the (laughs) wire like yeah. that greatness of like like you said a real city
0: yeah and this definitely has that so yeah that and then my sports talk my father and i went to our last game as bruins boston bruins season ticket holders last oh, night oh yeah that's right yeah it was a good yep. game
1: though
0: it was it was a good yeah. game yeah it was a good game to go out on the good win um so yeah next year and years going forward we'll be picking like a handful of games that we want to go to buying tickets to them and
1: so do you not get
0: playoff tickets now as a student ticket holder? We, we could have, but okay. we, we, we were, honestly, we were so mad at the organization that we were just like, you can go F yourself. Yeah. And it's not, not the play, not like players or, or roster management organization. It's, it's more just like the ticket sales and stuff like that. So, yeah. Uh, but we're obviously we'll still root for the team and everything. So be
1: cheaper than the end of buying single ticket anyways. again. be I mean, way to cheaper. So, way instead of like worrying about selling tickets and like trying that's, to get some money back.
0: That's exactly what I said to my dad. I was like, we'll we'll pick a handful of games we want to go to, go to them, and not worry about selling like a Tuesday night game against Arizona or like a you know a Tuesday night game against like I don't know. Well, I would say I would say Florida or Tampa, but now they're like two of the better teams. So, but yeah, you, it's no stress, you know. So. And it'll still be a lot cheaper and we'll go up to Montreal for a game and yeah, it'll be good. So I'll let you explain what we're talking about in a second because it was his pick. Um, The beer I'm drinking has nothing to do with, um, with the movie, but uh, a few local, uh, I was about to say Packy, but if you're not from Massachusetts, you don't call them that, but a few local beer stores or whatever you, you other people call them. Uh, posted on on social media today that they were they got a few drop-offs from the Alchemist uh, Brewery in Vermont. So I'm drinking drinking Focal Banger the IPA from from Alchemist. So if you are a beer fan, especially a beer fan in the Northeast, you you are aware of it, but it's delicious. So anyway, Joe, what are we what are we talking about?
1: We're gonna be uh, talking about the movie Be Kind Rewind. The reason why I picked it is because. I haven't seen this movie a long time as pretty much the theme this is, this this podcast. So it was fun to rewatch this movie because I used to love it. I really liked the director. And as two people who worked in a video store, I figured this would be a good one to discuss and kind of reminisce about as we, (laughs) because of watching it again, like I've probably been watching since close to closure of movie scene. So it's kind of nice seeing like some things that we might have done differently. Like obviously this was very VHS heavy, but we sold VHS tapes still. And it was kind of fun, like, it was just kind of fun kind of
0: getting that nostalgia a little bit uh, back yeah that was that was nice i i got more nostalgia from um their competitor the west coast video yeah. like the first scene i actually have a note about that later where the first scene where they go and they like break it or they try to go in there and get uh they try to get the uh what is it ghostbusters vhs um just seeing that room reminded me of of movie scene the the store we worked at so how crazy this this august will be 15 years since movie scene closed
1: is that insane so like i was saying we used to be across customer from blockbuster so like that was our competitor obviously blockbuster the big one yeah but it's crazy how like we weren't that far off from blockbuster's closure like we closed no. we closed obviously like before that by a little bit but blockbuster was really close to that and it's it sound like these were like the last remaining rental stores in our area
0: yep Yep. in the company we work for, they had like a couple of years after we closed, there was still like one or two locations open, but eventually it's just, I mean, you know how everyone knows how it, it went. It's, it stinks. And watching this, I was trying to think of like the, the movie theater thing we were just talking about, like you can think of ways that they can make that work. It, it, it'll, it'll, it'll adapt and people still want to, just like people want to go to a sports bar to watch a, like a Celtics game or whatever, you can figure out a way that someone could watch a movie at home, but they'd rather go to the theater. That makes sense. Just like going to a Red Sox game, you some you could watch it on TV. Why do people go for the experience? But the just with all the change in technology and everything like that, I can't figure out a way that no one can figure out a way to make rental stores make sense, and it stinks because the experience. The, the closest thing I get to it is. If I go to like bull moose bull moose music near us, you feel like you could pick up like either a movie or a CD or whatever and just like talk to someone at the counter about it. And, and they'd be like, Oh, you like this, that if you like this, you'll like that. And that is that was the best part about video rental the stores, whether you sure. work there or whether you or whatever. So it, was,
1: it, was, it really was those connections. Like yeah. I still think about some of the customers we used to talk to, and then most a while you'll cross paths with them. And it's like and they remember you, you remember them. It's like a really fun. Like- because that was a lot like that was a big that was a night out for some of these people going to the store getting a movie like that was their version of going to the movies. so it's really fun seeing some of these old folk who we converse with and catch up with our catch up with them
0: yeah no totally and and my memory of this film is pretty much non-existent the only memory i have is and i think i kind of said it last week when you announced it as your pick is that it had most f in it and i'd I had never seen this one, but I love Most F. So that's what I remembered, and that's what I was excited about. So this is my first time watching uh, Watching Be Kind Rewind.
1: Oh, awesome. Do you ever see yeah. um, other films like Eternal Sunshine? Let's Follow this Mind? or oh, that's, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Yep.
0: Do you have any stats as far as how this one did financially?
1: Yeah, I do. So uh, Be Kind Rewind came out in the United States on February 22nd, 2008, and had a budget of $20 million, making $30.6 million in the box office. It was written and directed by Michelle Gondry, who many know him as a director from Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. On top of directing that, Charlie Kaufman wrote it while he came up with the story. Michelle was also the writer and director for The Science of Sleep, which is another really creative little film. A little on the slower side for sure, but really good. The Green Hornet, which was probably his first big Hollywood-like mainstream film. Um, Moon Indigo, on top of some other features in, mostly in French and numerous short films. He's also the director of several episodes of the short-lived but excellent TV series Kidding, which reunited him with Jim Carrey. That was also the most recent thing he's done, which concluded in 2020.
0: Nice. So, um, critically, this one did is I guess right around where I would expect it to be. It's a 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb, 65% excuse me, on Rotten Tomatoes, 2.5 stars from Roger Ebert, so not great not horrible in your opinion i have to mention though the title of his review is quote once upon a time there were things called video stores and that one that one hurt to read but oh, wow. yeah, okay. um, i took a quote from his his review uh michelle gondry's be kind rewind is whimsy with a capital w no it's whimsy in all caps make that all caps italic boldface. oh never mind i'm getting too whimsical maybe gondry does too You'll have to decide for yourself. This is a movie that takes place in no possible world, which may be a shame if not for the movie, then for possible worlds. So he had kind of a lot to say without saying much about this one, but which kind of makes sense after you see it. But um, you said it came out in February of 08. February in 08 in film, Worth the Late fee. Alumni in Bruges came out. Also, uh, you can, so you can go back and listen to that episode, guys. Uh, great movie um also semi-pro welcome home roscoe jenkins fool's gold jumper and step up two and then uh outside of film and i realized that it was the same month as in Bruges because when i was reading some of these headlines i was like oh we talked about that already uh johan santana signed with the mets for a ton of money and the Pats lost the super bowl to the giants and then fidel castro retired so that was all in all a. A good month there was obviously some bad stuff but we'll leave that out uh do you have the back of the dvd summary for Beacon rewind
1: i do so while attempting to sabotage the local power plant freeloader jerry accidentally becomes magnetized and wipes all the videos at the be kind rewind rental store the store owner mr fletcher is already facing closure and now the few customers he has have nothing to watch when one regular asks for ghostbusters acting manager mike and jerry cobble together a 20 minute remake using an old camcorder
0: so that's pretty good it's a good it's it's a good description of the movie my biggest problem and I'll talk about it later is could they have gotten to having to refilm each movie without the wacky Jack black got like magnetized and ruined and broke all the tapes that's but We'll, we'll leave that for now so um some cast members and how they were doing going into this movie most F, who I already said once I call him most F. he's now he now goes by Yasin Bay he plays Mike love I'm gonna say most F because that was his artist name love is music if you're in if you're into hip-hop at all check out most F. check out black star which is him and Talib coley um all, all it's all great uh, but in film he's been in in uh, next day air hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy 16 box the italian job brown sugar and uh one thing that i don't know i saw that it had some connection to this movie i don't remember i didn't i don't put it down for one of my facts but dave Chappelle block party which came out while we were at movie scene and i had the poster for a while i don't have it anymore but um i know dave Chappelle is kind of a polarizing figure at the moment but uh if you like him and if you like uh most dep's music and Talib Cole's music and stuff like that, definitely worth checking out.
1: It's uh about 16 blocks. Um, i do never forget. I saw that movie in theaters with my it was my brother's birthday, so he brought a bunch of people with him, a bunch of his friends. This was, I think, must have been during anyway, it was definitely an AMC so because my dad had to go too because they're a bunch of kids. So like under 13 years old, so we would like walking Raider, with them. Yeah, yeah. And they're all like look at the entire movie. And my dad wrote in the movie ticket, worst day of my fucking life. <laughs> 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 he'd like, he'd we still have that ticket in
0: his collection. I don't know if I have that. Was it the so did he was it just all the kids or Andy was, hated the movie. It or... was a,
1: no, no, it was a ton of. He actually liked the movie, but he was so focused on like the kids being so loud and disruptive, and yeah. like really like th- because there are other people in the theater, not just like the kids. But like my mom oh, was yeah. trying to keep them to, like calm down. But he's just like, <laughs> so despite the movie being like, if you liked it, now he just was so like obsessed with keeping the kids on a leash. <laughs> yeah.
0: It could have been the greatest movie of all time. He would have hated it. Right. <laughs> um. Uh, so moving on, uh, Jack Black plays Jerry. He's been acting. He's been pretty active for quite a while now airborne a movie that i've mentioned picking a million times one of the movies of my childhood he was in that that was his second or third movie i think also in cable guy again go check out the episode mars attacks the jackal enemy of the state high fidelity saving silverman shallow Hal, uh orange county ice age school of rock king kong Nacho libre the holiday tropic thunder and then the new jumanji films so and, and a million other things she's had a pretty impressive career oh, yeah, for someone for, sure. for some especially for someone who kind of sort of plays the same character in, in most movies but yeah hey you know pay the bills
1: oh yeah, well, yeah definitely you know i didn't mention either too if i don't want to cut you off again but no, okay. uh, you mentioned dave Chappelle's block party so most stuff was in that and ganja also directed that as well which is pretty cool so again, that must have been it was like a little reunion again for those two
0: yeah that must have been the uh the fun fact that i oh, i, I uh, miss was it okay Oh, yeah I didn't have it down oh, but I, okay, knew that, okay, yeah. I knew that I knew that I had seen something about it so yeah it's, it's just it's just cool it's like he he throws this big block party concert thing in Brooklyn where he's from um and yeah I don't know it's it's or where a lot of the guys are from I and mean, like Kanye West is in it um most deaf roots I can't remember who it's else kind funny
1: of like yeah, for a film
0: it's kind of similar to like a, it's almost like a modern summer of love thing that that one the thing that, that quest love did on hulu it's kind of similar to that but it's obviously not as um it, i mean dave chappelle did it so it's it's got a little more edge to it but it's it's still it's it's a fun watch if you're into the music If you're, if right. i think that's the biggest difference between that and summer of love is i think summer of love if you're not into that music you could like it for the story and stuff whereas uh, Dave Chappelle's Block Party. If you're like, if you don't like hip hop, you're probably not <laughs> going to like that,
1: right.
0: right? So um, Danny Glover, who plays Elroy, the owner of the rental store, quite the career. Murtaugh from the Lethal Weapon films. He's also in The Color Purple, To uh, Sleep with Anger, Predator 2, Angels in the Outfield, Operation Dumbo Drop, uh, Dreamgirls, Shooter, and also the new Jumanji films, which I don't think I knew that. So him and Jack Black are. Working together on the, yeah, yeah. Mia- oh, go ahead.
1: No, no. i was going to say, said, yeah. It's, it's it's fun seeing this w- between like sorry just within within this movie. Are like there's a ton of reunions happening. It's pretty cool between like Gondry and Mostaf, Gondry and Jim Carrey, um, Jack Black and Glover. It's like it's really cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mia Farrow as Miss Followitz or Miss Falafelwitz when when they call it what they call it at the beginning. I don't want to. I never want to focus on just like personal life stuff, but she, what a just crazy, what a, what a life path. She was married to Frank Sinatra when she was 21 and then later married Woody Allen. And then there's a bunch of stuff about what happened when she was married to what, like, you know, bad stuff and whatever, but what, just what a crazy, the stories that that lady could tell, you know, and, and it's kind of like a bridge to old Hollywood, which yeah. is interesting. Um on screen. She was in Rosemary's Baby in 68, Great Gatsby in 74, the original Death on the Nile that was um, just remade, but she was in the 1978 version, Broadway, Danny Rose in 84, Purple Rolls of Cairo in 85, Alice in 1990, and and quite a few other other things. I think she was a model as well, so just, just quite the career. And then Melanie Diaz as Alma, the person who, in my opinion, saves this movie she was in guide to recognizing your saints which have you seen that joe
1: i have yeah off (laughs) your recognition actually way back when
0: i was gonna say i it's on some it's on some streaming service now and i saw it i was like i should go back and rewatch that because i i remember really liking it but i I, i'd have to rewatch it again and see how it is but she's in that she's in fruit fail station and then also in the charmed remake and i loved her in this movie so uh what do you have down for the more you know random fact stuff
1: Oh, you know what? I actually had a couple. Um, I don't know if you go first because I just lost my page. <laughs> so if you go first.
0: All right. Fair enough. So I have just a few as well. The reason for Jack Black's version of Ghostbusters that Joe covered at the opening of the episode, uh, the reason that, so he covered that theme song was simply because the legal department didn't have the rights to Ray Parker Jr.'s song yet. So they had to get by. Uh, Michelle Gondry was inspired to make this film after, so I do have a mention of it. After making Dave Chappelle's Block Party in 05, which took place on one city block, Dave Chappelle was interested in playing Mike and came up with ideas of remaking Driving Miss Daisy, Rush Hour 2, and Boys in the Hood. Uh, Sigourney Weaver, uh, uh, see, oh yeah, so Sigourney Weaver, who plays Mrs. Lawson, also starred as Dana Barrett in the film Ghostbusters. Which was the first film to be quote sweeded, which like kind of remade in the movie, uh, King Kong, two thousand five was also one of the sweeded films, and Jack Black starred in that one. So they each kind of starred in one of the movies. Sigourney Weaver and Jack Black each starred in one of the movies that they covered in the film. And then the last talk, last one I have is Kirsten Dunst was in talk to play the role of Alma, but she dropped out for unknown reasons. And I use I'm, I'm I haven't really seen a lot of Kirsten Dunst. Lately, but I used to be a big Kirsten Dunst fan. I still, still like her, but I don't think it. I don't think she works in this. I, I, I don't either. I think I'm. I'm so Team Melanie Diaz that I. I don't think. I don't think there's anyone that I would have wanted. And it, which is funny because I didn't even really know Melanie Diaz before watching this that well. So she she I loved her. Sales,
1: yeah, she steals the movie for sure. yep
0: yeah, So. Uh, what about you, Randa?
1: Yeah, I had the Kirsten Dunst one. Um, I also had talking about. You, you mentioned quickly glancing over this, but um, Gondry was inspired to make this film after making Dechapel's blog party, which took place on one city block. Dechapel was interested in playing Mike and came up with the ideas of we're uh, making driving Me to Stacy*, *Rush Hour 2*, and *Boys in the Hood*. So I kind of yep. explained the reunion. Yep, yep. Um, keeping with the spirit of the film, writing director uh, Gondry, sweeter version of this movie's trailer, featuring only himself on screen. And this is kind of an obvious one for people who have seen Ghostbusters, which I'm sure is a lot of you. Um, Sonoya Weaver, who plays Miss Lawson, one of the people who is behind the forced closure of Mr. Fletcher's business. She plays, she's in this movie as well, it was Ghostbusters. So it's kind of fine seeing Ghostbusters being such a big part of this film and then she being one of the big characters in the movie.
0: Was she her Sigourney Weaver was like a weird cast member to me because I was like I mean she was good but I was like why Sigourney Weaver seemed like too big for this role a little bit
1: I think you know? it was. Uh, I think that was just a love letter almost at that point for like, people to catch on like you said they could have got any regular Joe Schmo to play that right. role she's on the screen for like less than 10 minutes so it's yeah. like total so they could have got anyone to play I, I think it's more like a love letter because Ghostbusters is such a big part of like yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. Um, so stuff that wouldn't fly in today's environment. Joe and I talked about this before we were recording, and it's tough because there, there's definitely stuff that people would be offended by. Whether so like the one that the six first jumped out to me was Jack Black when they're doing rush hour and Jack Black's doing kind of like a Jackie Chan impression. There's that. That would probably be the biggest one because I don't think they really call him out for it. Um
1: Right, they don't. They come up with something else that you're that you're a ramp after, but yeah, for this they don't.
0: Yeah. Then later on, Jack Black, when they're going to make the 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 movie to save the neighborhood, Jack Black puts on like blackface and comes out trying to get the role of a black guy, but they the, everyone calls him out for it, and it's like it's done in a way where it's like, dude, you look like an idiot, you know?
1: Right. Yeah.
0: And then the other thing though is it is I mean like I think of tropic thunder. I always think of tropic thunder and cuz that's like kind of like that's the last one that did it in or in, or um always sunny in philadelphia did it too. Oh but that's
1: right yeah that's right.
0: So it's it's kind of like it, I guess I mean it's easy for me to say but it kind of depends on the messaging messaging behind it. If you're clearly trying to be ridiculous and stupid, and no one's—you're not aiming at anyone. It's—it's it's a little different, in my opinion. But so there's stuff that, if you're looking for, if you're—if you're easily offended, there's a hundred percent stuff that's going to bother you in this movie. But I kind of give them a little bit of a break, at least with the Jack Black stuff, because it's like with it with the um, the blackface stuff, because it's they call them out for how ridiculous
1: it is. Can you believe that Don Jr. was not made for an Oscar for that role?
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I Why? I wish what a crazy time man
0: <laughs> no but well no no yeah, I, no, just... no no
1: no. i know like, like i i i'm i'm not gonna say like you know i'm not going go on the pc road but the fact that this was a like this was a nominated like role thinking back then would never be the would never be that this today like obviously like that right. would be such a like uh
0: toss oh, yeah, aside
1: from the pond role. No. but like the fact that that was actually nominated back because he was great in that role he was, he was so, so good, in that good. Movie. yeah
0: you <laughs> so, talk about committing to a role and yeah. you always hear that you always hear that like in serious movies but like he was i don't know he was a totally just how he acted was wild was in that so so, <laughs> so um yeah so that's it i mean there's stuff in it that you know like i said people wouldn't like but it, it's a comedy and i don't know it's it's impossible to talk about that stuff without you know, right. so uh favorite scene, I'll go first. This is easy for me. The montage where they're going from scene to scene, the first montage where they're going from scene to scene showing some of the movies that they remade, like Carrie and King Kong and Men in Black. I also think that from that point, like that point on, the movie was significantly better. Like it was it was like I wish the movie started there. It stinks that it took an hour into the movie, and I took an almost an hour into an hour and a half-ish movie for the movie to find its footing with me. Yeah.
1: You know that, that's you know that's 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 what I'm going to talk about in a second. But know this, it's a shame. Yeah. It was like that scene was incredible.
0: Oh, I loved it. And like you said, from that point
1: on, they're just having fun, which is it's yeah. so fun to watch them have fun.
0: Yep, they're having fun, and the story starts to actually make sense. So yeah, and then I I mentioned earlier, but I actually liked the scene where Mike goes to West Coast Video looking for a VHS copy of uh, Ghostbusters because it reminded me of movie scene in the store we used to work in. So what about you, favorite scene?
1: Uh, So I had, again, the montage that you mentioned really good. This one's gonna go kind of both categories here. I like the ending, but I don't like the ending. So I'm gonna talk about the reasons why I do like it right now. I'll go back to it after why I don't. I love the idea of a group of people all being part of this community and showing like their love for this place and like their too. attachment to it it's obviously times are different well that probably wouldn't happen today unfortunately today's time but it was really cool seeing this group of people come together in this town that this is like what they have and they're all watching this movie that was homemade um and it's just really fun seeing this close-knit group um i love the idea of
0: gave me kind of gave me cinema paradiso vibes joe yeah
1: exactly like, that's why i love like i love when like the, like this movie not perfect obviously right. but they show like the love of film they show how film brings together which i love that so much about both these films yep. um i like the idea of sweetened movies <laughs> it was just mm-hmm. fun seeing them quick 20 minute takes on um robocop ghostbusters drugmas daisy and um just kind of fun seeing the creativity going behind how they get some of these shots with no money at all and then a quick scene was the hall of glass trying to steal a projector i thought it was hilarious like they break the glass window they realized another like wall of glass between the two of them so they're trying to break that and a really fun scene but yeah so the big one is just the closer community involved with this film and the rental store
0: totally agree and to follow up and tie it into what we just talked about stuff that wouldn't fly in this environment. That is the cool part of the story is that if you can, I don't want to say if you can look past some of the jokes that may or may not like land with you, or may, you might, might ruffle some feathers. The overall story of the the movie is about a town where there's people of all different races and backgrounds and whatever, and they kind of come together and whatever. So no, I think that's well put. Um, let's hold off on soundtrack. Or, you know, what, what do you think about the soundtrack? What do you, any?
1: It's yes, a uh, short, short note. I liked it. Um, I really liked the quiet melodies of this one throughout, and the piano tunes, tunes were beautiful, I thought. The score is composed by Jean-Michel Bernard and Melissa Manchester. Jean has been involved with a few of Michelle's uh, films and almost exclusively has worked on uh, in French cinema with his piano playing. While Melissa is mostly a songwriter, working on films such as The Great Mouse Detective, Lil Nemo, Last Fighter, and others. But the two of them working together was really a really good team, I thought. And I'm not sure if you stuck around for, like, credits. I was um, just going to say, yeah. The, so- the two songs that play in the credits are excellent. So the soundtrack, I wish some of those more song, like, lyrical songs were in the movie, but really good soundtrack.
0: That was the only note I had on the soundtrack, Joe, is this is the first time in a long time that I sat and watched the entire credits just because I... <laughs> yeah like the, the your feet's too big song That's I was, so good <laughs> it, it's so funny man like i i have no i don't know um like i'm not i'm far from an expert on that genre of music but i love it it's especially when it's like i don't know it's just like a certain cool coolness or something yeah but, we
1: don't we don't need these deep like stories within songs like it's a simple song about Feet being too big and like yeah. this long and, the and,
0: and they, <laughs> they could they can play music and they're, right. they can sing. It's yeah exactly. So, um, all right. So I'm gonna let you go first with if you could change one thing because you said is that kind of where you said you're gonna okay.
1: Yeah. So it's this is interesting because I like I said I think the whole premise of the movie is really cool but I wish it was explored a little bit better. Um, bring the community in and get them involved earlier it would have made the ending feel a lot more natural. Instead, it feels like a quick close almost as if country didn't know how to close this movie out. But if we saw them earlier making films, getting the people involved and like having this be a big community effort to save this rental store, the ending would have made a little more sense, I thought. And like we talked about a little while ago, those things in general were just the best parts of the movie. So I wish we had that way earlier instead of the build up to this idea to Swede films. It would have made this movie a lot more fun and it's still, still a great, uh, it's still a really fun movie to watch, but it's not as enjoyable as it could have been, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's all fair, I agree with all that. Um, if I could change one thing, it would be Jack Black's character. It could be, like, there's a bunch of reasons, but the past five or six years have made it so. I have zero patience for the whole, like, conspiracy theory, blame the government they're trying to control us stuff. So I, I was already like, I don't like this guy. I do like Jack Black and I don't think it's his fault. I don't like how the character was written. I don't like, he was kind of just like obnoxious and not in a funny way. And I, I don't like, like I said earlier, this all of the effect that his character has on the story before they start sweeting movies. Up until then, the fact that they had to get the new VHS because he got like magnetized doing this stupid that I just thought that was, it was so weak. And it kind of made me think of Jack Black as a great supporting actor. If you think of him in Tropic Thunder, Orange County, etc., he's great, but I don't know that he can care really carry a movie, especially when the other main character uh, most F is also has not a ton of acting experience. So just Jack Black's character and the whole the weirdness that he added to the plot is what is what got me. um All right, so if you listen to the podcast before, you know we rate movies on a scale of one to five. Would you mind paying a late fee to keep this movie? So a score of one is you get a little bit into it and you just can't take the Jack Black weirdness and the all you know all his weird stuff and and you turn it off because you don't want to pay a late fee on the movie. All the way up to score of five, which is you'll keep the movie for an extra day or two or three maybe even just buy it from the rental store so you don't have to bring it back. This was Joe's pick. So I'm going to go first with this one. And I will say that I can't think of a movie. We probably have had one, but it's been a while since where my a move where I've watched a movie where my score changed so much. So late. There were parts of this movie, Joe, where I was like, I almost texted you and was like, what the fuck did you do to me, Joe? And I was probably in like the 1.5 range. I was I was low, and the 0.5 was probably because it involved the video rental store, which I like, and I like most stuff. After that, after adding Alma's character, the story of saving the store rather than like just getting out of trouble—that's the other thing too—is once it was inv- once it was a community thing, like you said, not just like how do we cover up, you know, this mistake. It, it got so much better. I just wish they didn't drag me along for an hour. Like I said earlier, make me suffer through all the bad stuff in the beginning. But end of the day, I'm giving it a 3.5 out of 5. A little bit of bonus love in there coming from a former video rental store employee who wishes they were still around. But if you don't smile at the end of this movie, watching the whole neighborhood, watch their film in the store, you have no heart. So um, pretty good movie. But I have to say it does bother me because I think with a little tweaking, I think it could have been an outstanding movie so that bothers me a little bit i want their remake of boys in the hood where they use firecrackers for gunfire and a pizza and a pizza to show that a guy's head's been blown off so that's it i I liked it it was but like i said in the beginning i would have a hard time recommending this movie to someone because you almost have to say i'm gonna warn you the first hour of this movie sucks (laughs) but the last half hour is, is really good but so yeah that's it
1: yeah, so I'm close to you. I get a 3.5. Uh, Be Kind of Rewind isn't like Gondry's other mind-bending films but a clear love letter to movies. It reminds us why movies are so important like we talked about. They make people happy and gives them something to bond over. Like, I've met so many people, I've made so many friendships over movies. Um, and with the creativity of making each film, there's definitely something in here to inspire future filmmakers who might not have a crazy budget or just have a passion for, for the craft. <laughs> but this is ultimately a film that has a great premise, unfortunately, that they're not really sure what to do with it. And like we discussed, both of us were on the same page when it comes to why didn't they do this earlier in the movie instead of waiting until the middle of the second act to get it going. It was too good of an idea, and it would have been so much fun to see them remake these movies like in that montage with quick, with longer scenarios, longer scenes being shot, um, but in the end, it is a fun film to watch. And if you love film, if you love seeing film, um, love movies, it's worth checking out.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Definitely worth checking out. Um, all right, so the beer was delicious. Anything from Alchemist is always amazing. So thank you to them. Or, I mean, I paid for it. It's not like they said to me, but it's delicious. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram, worth a late fee. Suggestions are always welcome. We'll be back next week, and We've got some stuff coming up, some changes, some stuff in life that's kind of might rock the boat a little bit. But um, it's going to be my pick. And we've been doing movies in the 2000s. But because of some of the changes that might be coming up, I had one more movie. Joe had his birthday pick. Uh, The changes might affect my ability to have a birthday pick. So Joe granted me one movie, one 1990s movie that I've always wanted us to talk about and i've been kind of keeping it it's the other movie that i mentioned with my favorite movie of all time so you probably know what my score is going to be i talk about back to the future which we already did and then i talk about this one goodwill hunting so next week we're going to be talking about goodwill hunting with matt damon ben affleck cole hauser robin williams ben affleck's well-deserved oscar all right let's do it yeah yes yes (laughs) all right guys thank you very much for listening we'll talk to you next week
1: as always thank you